Welcome to this week's official Everton podcast for our official Everton members and I'm delighted to be joined by goalkeeper coach Alan Kelly who got a late, very late shout to join the David Unsworth regime. What happened? Well, I was uh, on a family break in, in Ireland and uh, I was sat there in the Guinness factory just uh, <laughs> learning how to make Guinness and, and obviously drink of it as well and uh, the form went and uh, I had something like 12 hours to get to Finch Farm. So it, uh, I then set off on some trains, planes and automobile type uh, expedition, managed to get back and, uh, and straight into the thick of it. Did you literally get the last flight out of Dublin that night? I think it was, yes. Um, the last flight out of there, last train, last taxi from Preston, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was just one of those, like I say, the call came and uh, I've known Andy a long time and um, he, he said what uh, what he wanted from me for, for the foreseeable future and I said, right, you know, put me in the right direction and I'll, uh, I'll get on the plane, train and automobile and get there. <laughs> Easy decision to make for you, wasn't it? Uh, very much so. Um, you know, uh, I've got a bit of history with, with Everton as well in terms of my, my, mm. my father being a goalkeeping coach in the mid-80s and uh, I was around the place a bit then and, you know, seeing the greats of Neville Southall and, and Graham Sharp and all those names that uh, all Evertonians will, will know, you know, from winning championships and cups and everything like that. And, you know, I, I sampled that on the inside a bit for, for, for a number of weeks as well and, uh, you know, and then fast forward to, to, to modern day and, and, and here I am, you know, doing the same job that my, my old man did. You were a Belfield regular, weren't you, at times? Yeah, um, it was more, more during the holidays and what have you and uh, my father always took us everywhere. Always, you know, when, when he was a manager at Preston, we were sat in the dugout next to him and, and he felt, you know, it was nothing to him to say, listen, come on, get the balls, do whatever you're going to do, yeah. you know, just don't be a nuisance, be around the place. So you sort of... Great learning curve, that oh, though, isn't it? It was incredible. I mean, I just remember from being a small boy, you know, you're in the dressing room at Preston and, you know, you, you, you just... It was a... My old man was always, how can I help? Mm. And he instilled that into us and, you, you know, you, if, if a job needed to do, you did it and it was amazing, you know. Child labour, really, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, and, it was, and there was no different when, as I said, in the 80s when he was, when he was working with... Uh, Howard Kendall at Everton. Were you ever going to be anything other than a goalkeeper, Al? Uh, believe it or not, I was an electrician when I left school. Really? Yeah, I was up until the age of 15, 16, I was a, I was a defender. Thou shalt not pass. Yeah. Um, and I could kick him. <laughs> um, and it was only sort of, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, it's, a, it's a well-heard, uh, known story, but uh, a lad broke his finger and I was Alan Kelly's son, thrown in the nets and six months later of, uh, you know, signing a pro contract. So happened very, very quickly. Would not happen these days. Mm. Um, obviously, this is in the, uh, the dinosaur area. Um, and that's how I started. A lot of pressure on on a young lad, isn't it? If, you, if your dad's been a, an international goalkeeper, you've at some point you've got to stop being Alan Kelly's son and and be Alan Kelly, haven't you? Do you know what I think? You, you know, we touched on it before in terms of exposing us to these, you know, to, to dressing rooms and what have you. I don't know if that was my dad's way of saying, listen, the, the people you just, you know, and you just get on with it. And it's and what I mean by that is that I never felt any pressure. Mm. I never felt any pressure. I mean, I look at it now. I followed him into. You know, he's a legend at Preston North End. They've got a stand named after him and a 50-foot high picture of him. Yeah. I never felt any pressure at Preston. Um, I didn't feel any pressure when I followed him footsteps and you know, playing for Ireland. And I don't feel pressure here, uh, you know, coming to Everton. So the greatest gift he ever gave us was the fact is go out, do your best, uh, enjoy it. Um, and, uh, you know, and, as it, and again, how can I help? You know, those three things that come together, 
you know, it was a great, it was a gr as you said before, great learning curve when you're a young lad, but also mm. great lessons for any individual. We're actually sitting on the street in Lyon here, Alan, in, uh, in France, the Europa League game this week. The atmosphere amongst the staff seems to be uh, terrific at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we all know each other. Um, I, I play with John Elbrough at uh, Sheffield United and, um, and uh, you know, I've said, said before, the, the, the whole staff at Everton are, are, are fantastic. Everybody you meet, it's a, it's a friendly face, it's a handshake, there's a welcome. You know, and, and that spirit that gets engendered around the club, you know, I think that passes on to the players. And um, I think football clubs, especially in the Premier League or in, in Europa League, Champions League, they can lose a bit of that identity. Everton, for me, has never lost that identity from when mm. I was here in 85 to, to, to here I am now, and, and that's made by good people. So along the way, you've encountered our ambassadors, I'm sure, Sharpie, Graeme Stewart and Snods. Absolutely, yeah. Um, as I say, I remember... And I'm uh, watching literally behind the goal, Neville Southall saving shot after shot from Graham Sharp and Adrian Heath and those players um, and bumping into the game. He looks great. He looks like he could still play. Um, can't say the same for, for Diamond. But um, again, we, we all sort of, you know, our paths have all crossed at some point mm. in time, whether that's, you know, through an associate with my dad or through playing with, with uh, Graham at uh, Sheffield United. So, um, again, really good people. You know, and I think supporters take to them. They see good people. They they know that they want good things from the club, and they want the best for the club. And I think the more people you have in a, an organisation like that, the better it's going to become. You'd have encountered a few of the Everton boys on international duty as well, wouldn't you, over the years? Absolutely, yeah. Um, obviously, the, the the current ones being being Seamus and, and James McCarthy, fantastic. Again, fantastic lads. Mm. Will give the heart and soul to it when they go out. You, you, you know, I, I really feel for them both being out injured at the moment. You know, but um, they'll be working hard to get back and. But two crucial players for, for, for Everton in the long run, and I think, um, and for Ireland as well, you know, they'll, they'll be sorely missed in this playoff that's coming up now for the World Cup. But again, you know, recruiting the, the, the right people, the right temperament, you know, Everton players, you know, that, yeah. that's what you're after, and those two epitomise that. As a goalkeeping coach, Alan, when you're in the dugout, are you, are you constantly looking at the goalkeeper or are you, are you following play? How, how does it work? I, I was sort of, I'd say I'd look away from the ball. So mm. if we're if we're attacking, you know, I'm looking to see are we left one v one in defence, are we left two v two? Is my is my goalkeeper's position in a supporting position? So it's almost looking that even when we're in attack, you're thinking defence as a goalkeeper. Mm. You're thinking, how can I stop it before it happens? Yeah. And I think it's overlooked a little bit that you know it's it's you know goalkeepers are seen as they're making saves, coming for crosses, kicking the ball. But if you can organise and stop that before it happens, you've done a very very effective job for the team. Um, you know, and again for your manager, your manager or your coach generally are drawn to the ball and looking at what's happening in and around the ball. I look away from it, mm. so now you're covering more of the pitch and more areas. And it might be a little point every now and again. Careful, you know, it might be the two covering defenders uh, uh, are too flat, yeah. so someone can get a run onto you and the clean through on goal. So looking at it from that point, it's a different perspective. Mm. I was at the Checker Trade Trophy with the under-21s in the week, and Louis Gray in goal was probably the pick of our players. He made some terrific saves. But then a slight error from a corner, we lose the goal, we lose the game. How do you pick a boy up after that? Because he's made one mistake, he's had a smashing game, the boy. But ultimately, the mistake can cost you. Experience. I did it in the equivalent name of the trophy way back in the day. Sherpa Van Trophy, whatever it was called. <laughs> Similar thing, ball comes under the bar, went to punch, hit the crossbar. Um, it was playing away at Bolton, ball goes in the back of the net. Um, I had nobody to pick me up, but I, I'd gone through the experience. So I was on the training pitch yesterday um, and we rep replicated it and went through it, looked at the video, broke it down into components and just to say to him, look, you know, this is what I think. First and foremost, what do you think? Mm. Oh, I thought, blah, blah, blah. Then I gave him my, my, my opinion as the goalkeeping coach 
and then we work through different scenarios and suddenly he feels better about himself because yeah. he's, he's he, 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 nobody would be lower than him after making that mistake mm. and, cost, and costing the team. That's a goalkeeper's job. If, it hap- yeah. if you make the saves and you're the hero, if you make the mistakes, you're the villain. Mm. We all know that. One thing I said to him, I said, look, you can't change it now. All you can do is learn from it. And um, I said, and, I, and my job as a coach is to help him learn and show him uh, and guide him. And at the end of it, I think, he, you know, he, next time he'll do it completely mm. different. It's a thankless, it's a thankless role at times, isn't it? it? It's the last line of defence, but, um, you know, it, it's one of those positions, literally, if you make a mistake, it's a goal. But yeah. I think you have to be mentally strong. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, another lesson that my father taught me was, hold your hand up, you make a mistake, yeah. hold your hand up, people will forgive you. Hmm. You know, if you hold your hand up and say, my fault, sorry, no one's going to have a go at you. If you try and make an excuse, I could have done this, could have done that, people will see through it. So yeah. be honest with yourself, be honest with your teammates. And, you know, I think, one, it's a learning curve, and two, they'll respect you more. You've worked with Jordan Pickford before, Alan, haven't you? Yeah, I was with Jordan for just over half a season at Preston, a couple of seasons ago. Um, and he was on his journey through, you know, his loan, his loan spell. I think he had six or seven loan spells, and, and, and we were the sort of culmination of that in the championship and he was absolutely nothing short of absolutely outstanding for really? us really could have, saved, could have saved us 15 16 17 points in in the first half of the season and he was a bedrock that allowed, allowed us you know Preston were had a small budget at the time having just come up and uh, he allowed us to finish in the, in the top 10 top, top 11 teams in the, in the division he could be around for a long time as well couldn't he yeah absolutely he, he's, he's he's such a natural talent um you know, he knows he still has to work, um, and, and and I think there's there's still capacity in him to, to get better and better uh, on on certain things, and he knows that. Um, we've you know we've always had a really good understanding with each other. You know, we've, we he likes a bit of a laugh and a joke, and you know I facilitate with that. But when we work, we work hard, and we work to to whatever you know theme and agenda that that uh, I think we should go to. And I think he's always understood that. Um, again, another fantastic lad. Mm. You know, another another character. Of steel that you want in your dressing room, and again, more, you know, if you had a, you've had a team of Jordan Pickford, you wouldn't be far wrong. I don't think I've ever worked with a goalkeeper or a goalkeeping coach who hasn't got an abundance of character, and it comes back to what you said about the strength of mind. Yeah, well, I think you've got to. Um, I think if you've played the position and you understand the, you know, the ramifications of making a mistake or, or you know, a split-second decision, I think for for the for the keepers you're working with, I think if you've been through it, you know, if you've walked in their shoes. Then they automatically think, okay, well he knows yeah. he knows what it's like, yeah. and it might necessarily not necessarily be the technique. It can be the feeling inside. You know, you, you were saying about Louis Gray, he'll have felt you know lower than a snake's belly, mm. been there, you know, and and you can empathise with them. Mm. And I think they see that, and then see that, get over it, work through it, and learn from it. Absolutely, Alan. It's been an absolute pleasure to be in your company in the, in the main street in Lyon here in France. I've been uh, in worse. <laughs> so have I. I will be again. This has been the official Everton podcast for our official Everton members with me, Darren Griffiths, and our goalkeeping coach, Alan Kelly.